0: Shem Hashem naaseven atzliach shiur Torah buchim abayim. We're back on our Wednesday night shiur. stump the rabbi. Zat Hashem tonight's will be for a lefuach lema. Rabanit Anit Levana Bat Rav Ephraim Ben Shulamit, Rav Anit Batanat, uh, Rafael Ben Chana, Itro Ben Avraham. Dvora bat Mercedes, um, Esther bat Zipporah, Sarah bat Batya, Batya bat Zarah, um, Elishev bat Zara, um, David ben Esriya, Doris bat Jora, and all of them, Yisrael, Be'ezot Hashem, we have Refua Shlema, nefesh, HaNefesh, Refuaat guf. So, here we are, we have a... Um, this week's parasha starts off parashat emor starts off with some very uh, interesting laws of the Kohen where Kadosh Baruch Hu specifies to Bnei Aaron the sons of Aaron not just the sons of Aaron at the time but the sons of Aaron until this day that they are different than the rest of Klal Israel. They have different rules. Now before the Kohanim with the Kohanim the position of priesthood was given to the firstborn. Firstborn kids but that was taken away and given to the Kohanim some chachamim say that when the Mashiach comes, the firstborn will also get special uh, roles. Kohenim will always have it also, and Aaron Kohen will be the Kohen Gadol. But uh, nonetheless, the special position of the Kani makes them different. When we do Tefillah Betzibul in uh, Knesset. And they have Aliyah the Torah, the which Beis Hashem will come back soon. The um, first Aliyah goes to the Kohen, then the Levi, then Israel. Who's Israel? The rest of Klal Israel. So it's very pertinent that a Jew know that if he's a Kohen, he's different. It's got different rules. Now some people have a problem with this. You know, they want unity because of their liberal mentality. You know, they uh, they want, uh, it's not fair. I particularly find it interesting that many converts have a problem that they can't marry Kohanim. Like as if they ran out of people in the world and there's no other Jews. They only want to marry the Kohanim. They don't even know Kohanim, but they want to marry Kohanim. Why? Ma'im gnuvimim taku, stolen water are sweeter. What they don't, what they can have, that's what they want. But that's only pertaining to a woman cannot marry a kohen. Uh, a guy can marry a uh, that's a convert can marry a kohen. A woman is a kohen. Um, but uh, as far as a, a girl cannot marry that's a convert cannot marry a kohen. But also others other types. She's a uh, divorcee, if she's a uh, widow, special rules. Now, one of the things that it says here in uh, chapter 21, beginning of the parasha in Sefer Va'ikra, parashat emo, and verse 7, 21 7. It says They shall not marry a woman who is a harlot Or who has desecrated who has been desecrated and they shall not marry a woman who has been divorced by her husband for each one is holy to his God Kadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Kohanim, tell everyone: If this woman is a harlot, she's been desecrated. She's not allowed to marry a Kohen. She did tshuva. Good for you. You can marry somebody else. Now, just because you were a harlot doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. If he did tshuva, Kadosh Baruch Hu says where do we learn this from? Rechav. Rechav was not only a uh, top harlot, but also she was one of the most beautiful women in the world, and she was a goya. But because she did Shuvah, Kadosh who not only welcomed her into Am israel, but she married the Gdolado, Yeshua ben So sometimes guys say, Oh, listen, Rabbi, you know, I want to marry someone. And, uh, but I want to make sure she's a uh, virgin. I want to make sure she's a virgin. Are you a virgin? No, but you know, Rabbi, you know, I don't want to know, make sure, oh, so you're better than Yeshua Ben-Nun? You're better than Yeshua Ben-Nun? Go, go fly a kite. Go. Go. Go with your arrogance. You and your arrogance leave my health. Two of you. Both of you leave. Don't leave the arrogance here and you go. Why? Right. People want to judge other people. They don't want to judge themselves. The guy has been with a football team, and he, but he wants his, uh, his wife to be a newborn baby. This doesn't mean that you look for this and look for that. Of course, there's an extraordinary value that if a woman has never been desecrated, never been touched, and so on and so forth. But you don't judge them based on that. But that doesn't mean that everyone should just uh, do whatever they want. Why? Because of what I'm about to tell you. What I'm about to tell you is probably going to hit some nerves. What does this really say? It says if a woman's a prostitute, if a woman is a harlot, if a woman is a zona, not allowed to be with a coin. If she was divorced, not allowed to be a coin. So the Gemara asks, what's a zonah? What's a zonah? Say, oh, it's a woman that uh, you know works at a certain place. She does everything. Oh, no, no, it's all this profession in the world. No, rabbi, no, you no. Know Zunais, a Jewish girl, that one time in her life, one time, she was with a goy. She's a zuna, according to the Torah. One time, according to the Torah, that's the Torah calls So that means. That if she, when she was 18, 19, 20 years old, she didn't know right or left. Mustafa and Chris were competing for her. She picked one of them. One night uh, stand, Hashem Shemishmo. And she went back to her life. Ten years passed. Finally found a nice Jew. Finally did Shuva. She wants to marry him. What's the problem? He's a coin. Comes from the coin family. What does Torah say? Not allowed. Yeah, but he loves me. Good for you. Not allowed. Yeah, but I love him. It's very sad. A lot of tears. Not allowed. Now, you know who has the worst position here? The rabbi. Because the rabbi is the one that has to tell her. And I had this merit to fulfil this mitzvah, it's very, very difficult. I think I cried as much as the girl to tell her that the one that she thought is her fiance cannot be her fiance. Why? He's a Kohen and according to the Torah she's forbidden. Even though yeah, but she goes, Rabbi, I did Shuva already. I haven't done I said, You're you're an amazing person. If I had a son, I'd give him to you. If I had a son, i will give it to you. No problem. But Torah says no. But what if we do it anyway? Oh, if you do it anyway, then you're going against God. Then you're going to have problems. What kind of problems? Just imagine the worst kind. A little worse than that. Both of you. Why? You're going against Hashem. So here we learn that it's not just... Gehennam that we have to worry about, the fiery, horrible place that we've discussed, but rather that we have a principle in the Torah where life is a big circle. You know, the goyim call, what goes around, comes around, or karma, all types of uh, other terms that they Stole from Judaism and just put their name tag on it. It's like you created the product, but they put their logo on it. China. So Torah says that everything is a circle. Don't ever think that you do something now, it's not going to have some type of ramification, good or bad. So Gemara says, Rabbi Chanina. Kodesh Kodeshim. Tells his wife, after he saw her give money to some uh, poor person, he says to his wife, please, next time, give money to a poor person. But the next time, if you see the poor person coming, if you already see him from the window, and you know he's coming, open the door already, and go out and, and give it to him. Go towards him to give it to him. She says, uh, "My dear husband, why? You can just come here. What's the reason?" He goes, "No, because if you go out there and you treat the homeless person with extra grace, and you make the effort to give it to him, maybe a sham will do the same thing for our children when they become homeless." Now you tell this Tanny mother, "What? You you're cursing my kids?" You're cursing, our, you're cursing our kids? He goes, no, chas v'shalom. not cursing our kids. But it's a well-known thing that life is a circle. That one day you're up and it could be that another day you're down. One part of your life you're rich and another part of your life you're poor. And if it's not you, it could be your kids. And if it's not your kids, it could be your grandkids. At some point, even if you're the richest man, At some point, someone along the line, one of your descendants could be completely broke. So if you're a conscious person that understands what Torah actually says here, you're going to already think about not just you. You can think about past you. Not because you're saving money for a retirement plan. No retirement plan is going to help you with this. There are certain people from some of the wealthiest families in history that are completely broke to the extent of being homeless. Now, if you hear some of the names, you say, oh yeah, he must be rich. No, no, he's homeless. What do you mean? But his grandfather was the richest man in America. One of the richest people in history. How could it be he had enough money for a million years? If they would have just simply spent money, a million dollars every day, he'd still be rich. Kadosh Baruch Hu doesn't work that way. Kadosh Baruch decides who's going to be rich, who's going to be poor. Yeah, what about the grandfather? Grandfather had the merit to have money. Great-great-great-grandson? Not so much. Why? Kadosh Baruch decided. Kadosh Baruch decided. One king asks his dear friend, Tamit Chacham, tells him, my dear friend, you are a very wise person, and I respect you. I want you to please give me a gift, but a gift that is going to help me in life." says, what kind of gift to help you in life? says, so you see, I have everything. I have money, I have a castle, I have control, I have everything. But I don't want this success to go to my head. So how do I do that? Everybody says yes to me, everybody agrees with me, except you. You tell me the truth. But what do I do if you're not around? Rabbi says, No problem, I got something for you. A few weeks pass, he says, Your Highness, I have the gift for you. Now, if you're a king that has a castle full of diamonds, what are you expecting? You're expecting something honorable, expecting something expensive. The rabbi gives him a little silver ring, cheap ring, you buy it from Chinatown, $15. But on it, as engraving of three letters. Gazi. Gimel Zain Yud. Says, who is this Gazi? Who is this Gazi on this cheap ring? So, oh, no, it's a very precious ring. Made it just for you. Who, who is this Gazi? Says, Gazi stands for Gamzeyavo. This too will pass. Your Highness, you need to know no matter where you are in your life if the times are really really good don't take it to your head this too will pass and things will turn around and it's not gonna be so good one day the maggots are gonna eat you for lunch one day the enemy may win one day things are not gonna be so good one day you're not gonna be so healthy and young Gamzei avo. but don't get depressed if you have a down month you have a down year you have a down decade Things go bad. Don't get depressed. Why? This too will pass. The bad time will pass also, Your Highness. Life is a circle. This was the priceless gift. Why? A person that knows that no matter where he is in life, this too will pass, automatically, half of the concern about his problem is gone. Why? Because one of the primary reasons that people get to the point of desperation, depression, and even commit suicide is because of this reason, where they don't believe that this will pass. The problem that we make as human beings on a regular basis is that we believe that wherever we're at, right now it's permanent hence the reason of why when people become successful especially if they're young and unexperienced or inexperienced they start doing a lot of stupid things They start buying expensive cars start buying houses they keep, don't even have any enough people to fit in they start doing a bunch of dumb things because they believe that if they're successful now surely they're gonna be successful in 5 10 20 30 years We call those people new money. What happens to new money? Broke. Most of those people go broke. Why? They spend a lot of money assuming that their income and their success will continue, only to realize shortly later that their hot stage is gone. Their top product is no longer wanted, it's discontinued. Their idea is uh, no longer valid, it's obsolete. Their uh, athletic career, their physical ability, their idea is no one cares about it anymore. Why? Something better came along. So they spent a lot of money, and this happens a lot with very successful entrepreneurs, athletes, uh, all types of uh, uh, people that deal with in you know, Hollywood of, of some kind. They make 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, 200 million dollars in a very short period of time, and then you read about them in the news five, six years later, that uh, they're uh, living in their mother's basement how could it be you had enough money for a small civilization how could it be i wrote a paper years ago that uh, shows that nearly 90 percent of uh, the nfl athletes go bankrupt and lose every single penny that they have within three to four years after their career is over now you would think oh yeah but if he has let's say at least 15 year career 20 year career you know, he went from 20 to 40 years old. He at least got some time to enjoy the money. No? Wrong. Average career, less than four years. Yeah, but he made $100 million and he lost all of it in less than four years? Sometimes less. Sometimes less. And it's the same thing with the NBA. Same thing with uh, Major League Baseball. Same thing with everything. Same thing with the, uh, all, the, all the types. It's constant. Why? they have this mindset that their success is permanent the people that you see that have a lot of have gained a lot of wealth and are really, really successful you know after a very long career are few and far in between they're literally one in a million now on the other hand what ends up happening to those people or people like them is when they fall they get very depressed if money was the substance that they used to give themselves a spiritual high, then what ends up happening is when that substance is no longer valid, they have very severe withdrawal systems, psychological withdrawal systems, meaning that they now have lost their purpose to life. Because that was their drug, that was their fuel, that was their purpose to live which in essence means they now have a purposeless life. The truth is, they never had a purpose. The truth is, they had a purposeless life even before this. They just didn't know it yet. They were addicted to the money, they were addicted to the fame, they were addicted to the success, assuming it's going to continue. But then they realized that this is gone. And now they think, oh, my life is over. No, no, your life was over before You just didn't know it yet. What is it like? Sometimes in certain electronic devices, that, you know, they have these lead lights and you take out the outlet, take out the, uh, the uh, electric outlet, the thing from the electric outlet, but the lead the LED light stays on for a little while, but there's no electricity. How is it on? There's no electricity. Answer is, there's still a little bit of remaining electricity that the system already got that this lead light is living off of for these extra few seconds or, or so that's the same thing with those people while they were living their fake life that was completely based on materialism and getting their spiritual life for money and living a purposeless life what ends up happening is that they think no no it's going it's going it's everything is okay everything is okay I got a lot of money everything's okay no everything's not okay you happy well no I'm gonna get happy but you you have the money that you wanted though Yeah, yeah I just need a few more things though I need a few more but you have a lot yeah yeah just it's one more thing. I need to get married. I need to have another kid. I need to have another house. I need to build this company. I need to have this deal. It's always something else. What Material. Why? They realized their goal didn't get them to their goal. They achieved their goal, but it didn't get them to their goal. This type of purposeless life is very, very difficult to live. It's unfortunately very common. Because what ends up happening is that once these people lose their money... They now have not only no money and no purpose, but they don't even know how to get themselves out of this situation because they're not used to it. They're not used used to recovering. So this is a battle. Literally a survivorship battle. Now how could they get out of this situation? Same exact principle. Gazi. Gamze Yavo. This too will pass. What do you mean? How am going to make money. Hashem's going to send you money. Yeah, but I don't have any money. You used to have $100 million. I didn't tell you Hashem's going to send you another $100 million. He may, he may not. But if he sends you 50000 you could live. Well, it's so tough. No, no, no. It's only tough if you want to maintain the same lifestyle. But live, you can. No, but I'm, I'm so used. Get unused to it. Stop being a baby. But what did I do? A lot, a lot of wrong things. And you're lucky you're even alive. Why are you saying that, Rabbi? Are you cursing me? No, no. That's what Torah says. Torah says that money is considered damim. Money is called blood in the Torah. Several names for money. One of them is blood. Bloods, plural. Why bloods? Says because people spend their entire life. Attaining it. They spent all of their blood attaining it. And what ends up happening is that Akadosh B'Al sees that the time is up on this person. He's made a certain amount of sins. She made a certain amount of sins. And they're ruining their own life. And now, if they're going to do tshuva, they have to start soon. Or else they're going to simply not achieve tshuva. So, Shem sends them different messengers. Sometimes he sends them a rabbi. Sometimes he sends them a the movie. One of them, Shem took back his millions maybe. Sometimes he did. Sometimes he did different things. But sometimes they don't get those messages. You don't get No, no, I don't want to watch the movie. It's too long. It's an hour and a half. Too long. Yeah, but the uh, movie in the movie theater for three hours, X Men, you watch though. They don't want to listen to the rabbi. They don't want to listen to the... Hashem said something else. What do you do? IRS. Lawsuit. Competition. Divorce. Medical problems. All types of horrible things that happen to people where literally within a... Almost overnight, it seems. All of the money they believe they worked hard for, gone. 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 200 million dollars, gone. Money that you would think, how could such a person spend that kind of money? I mean, if they, with that kind of money, if the guy spends a million dollars a year, he can still live for a hundred years. How could he lose all of it? Could lose. Could lose. Happens every day. Because no one just sits with their money in cash and puts it in some safe. What do they do? They invest in different things. Why? They want to make more money. They want to protect their assets. Now they protect their assets by putting their assets at risk. The reality is, one day, uh, yes, sir, listen, uh, we have a, uh, uh, we have something to tell you, sir. Why? You know that mutual fund, the uh, Franklin Templeton fund, uh, you invested uh, $10 million? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's not worth $10 million anymore. What, because the market went down a little bit? Yeah, something like that. What well, what happened? That's why it's down to uh, what nine point five? Because you know it's a conservative fund. Conservatives, Franklin Templeton, it's a big company, trillion dollar company. So what nine point five? Well I lost a little bit. Why 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 are you so nervous, uh, Mr. Broker? No, no, sir, um it's uh it's not worth anything. What? What do you mean it's not worth anything? Yeah, you see the the Franklin Templeton company, uh they announced that uh well the assets are not worth anything. what what, what happened to them? Well, you know, we don't really know, actually, sir. We don't know. But we just announced in the news two weeks ago. But your next statement is going to have a a pretty uh, fair uh, change. What kind of change? Well, it used to be 10 million. Okay, so what now? Zero. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sir, we got to go. Well, what do you mean you got to go? You just told me I lost $10 million. Yeah, but we have a bunch of other people that lost $10 million and more. But thank you for your business, sir. We hope that you come back to us as a client. This happened right now. So not? You know how many times this happens? it continue happening. No, ah, I lost everything. There's no purpose in life. I'm going to kill myself. And some people kill themselves. Why? Because their life was purposeless to begin with. What really changed? Absolutely nothing. In reality, nothing changed. Because the money is not like money that he was using to buy groceries and uh you know, and he was uh you know, he needed the money to, to go pay the tuition for the kid. The money was in some statements, it was some digital number that was on a piece of paper or or on a screen better yet that he would see once a month. But now that he feels like he doesn't have it anymore, ah, there's no purpose to life. In reality, all that happened here is that he realized that his life was purposeless and now it's even worse. Now he can't even get that dopamine, that dopamine rush that he gets for half a second every month to look at a statement and see another few hundred thousand dollars up, a few hundred thousand dollars down. He didn't even have that pleasure anymore. So when people are so focused on, on materialism, it's very, very simple for them to become very depressed, and once they get depressed it's very quick for them to become suicidal but if a person takes this concept from the Torah of Gamzei Avo this too shall pass, they'll realize that it's all a circle and yes you lost everything yes you lost a lot, yes things are down, yes there's a heartbroken. yeah bad stuff happens in everybody's life at some point or another it's not a curse it's a reality the longer you live the more stuff you're gonna experience, some good some bad Bezat Hashem, we all have only good. It's just let's get ended. So now, what does a person do once he gets to tough times? He has to remember Gamze Yavo. This too shall pass. So yeah, I'm down. I'm out of a job. I'm out of this. I'm out of that. I got tough times. It's not going to continue this way. How long is it going to continue? I don't know. But I go buckle up, stay strong, and keep pushing. Why? Life is worth it. Now I can tell you that I have a lot of experience with this. When I was going through the worst parts of my own personal battle in health, life, money, all those different things, everything, there was like a storm of all storms. Everything was collapsing all at the same time. Where one day I wake up and, aside from my health being in a toilet, and aside from my company also being in a the toilet, there's a little bit left, and there's a few million dollars left. Wake up. Oh, bad news. What? Your portfolio is down 84%, sir. What do you mean, sir? Uh, it's my portfolio. I'm the managing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you want? Uh, we need you to come up with a few million dollars in uh, two hours. Well, I don't have. I just lost. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna have to sell everything for a loss. No chance to recover. Why can't you give me a couple of days? That's not the rule, sir. You got thirty million dollars on the line here. Forty million dollars on the line here. Every few minutes, it could be worse. You could be in a negative. Okay, so let me just try to sell this, that. No, 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 we're gonna sell it for you. Yeah, but you guys don't know how to sell. You're gonna ruin it even worse, sir. Thank you for your business. Click. By the time they finished, they made it much worse. Instead of being left with a few million, $11,000. Now, you got to call the clients. I'm sorry. I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't do anything illegal. But I'm still sorry. All right. You gave me a responsibility. And I failed. Many people took it well. We appreciate you. We've done a lot of business with you. And so on and so forth. But a few, not so much. Who were those few that didn't take it so much? The ones that their whole life was based on material. And those people were usually the closest to me. The ones that I invested the most in. The ones that I invested the most in, the ones that I helped a lot, the ones that I put everything into—all the energy. Best part yet, the ones that I made them all of the money. Not me, but in my practice and all the different things that we did for them. Makadosh Bichu is obviously the one that does everything. But when they came to me, they were uh, on the verge of bankruptcy. Within three, four years, turn these people into multimillionaires. All of a sudden, they are big shots. Ah, oh. They're the ones that accused. They're the ones that if you look at a, uh, on the internet, you look it up, you know, all my enemies, they like to look me up. So, it's good for them. It gives them something to do. And uh, you look, they say, oh yeah, look, lawsuit. Look, couple people sued him. He's a criminal. You do business, people are going to sue you. The more business you do, the more likely you are to get sued. If you didn't get sued, you probably didn't do much business. You do billion dollars in business, get sued for three million, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, smart people also understand that it's not about the lawsuit. Why? It's about the outcome. What's the outcome? Somebody sues you for a million dollars, wins a million dollars, obviously shows you're guilty. But if somebody sues you for a million dollars... And settle for nine thousand. Settle for nine thousand. Why would you settle for nine thousand if you really have a real claim for a million dollars, two million dollars? Where's the show? There's no claim. There's no 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 case. But the enemies are not going to tell you that. What are they going to tell you? Ah, see, he got sued. Criminal, criminal. No, no. You're just a piker. You never made any money in your life. You do a billion dollars in business like I did. Billion with a B. Billion. Do a billion dollars in business. Then you can talk. But, circle. Did a billion dollars business? Now you say thank you for people that send you 200 bucks for staka. Why? Life is a circle. Life is a circle. Now, what do I prefer? A hundred million, zillion, zillion percent saying thank you for 200 bucks. Why? Why? All the money in the world did not give me any blessings. What gave me blessing, Torah? So when a person uses the fall as a way to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the fall turns into a blessing. When he realizes that Gem this too shall pass, and eventually gets out of it, he realizes the whole thing is a blessing, one big blessing. Person doesn't do that, his life turns into one big curse, and for a while it was a curse. Why? You're dealing with pain. You wake up in the morning in pain. You go to sleep in pain. During the day you're in pain. Sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on the uh, you know, on the volume, what a decide decided to give you for that hour. Depends. Sometimes pain, you're pretty much disabled. Laying there wherever you fell. Not wherever you lay down, wherever you fell. And you just sit there, screaming, yelling, crying. No one can help you. Sometimes. Sometimes you have to boil yourself in water hot water like boiling water why because the pain from the water is uh, Better than the pain that you have otherwise Sometimes the best solution is to go cut your body up why you gotta go to doctors to cut you up give you other pain Give you a surgery Bauch Why that pain suffering there is better than the pain that you have and so on and so forth Now when you deal with so much pain what happens? depressing. It gets you to a point where you think this is going to be forever. I'm going to be sick forever. I'm being be pained forever. Who wants to live such a life? Oh, well, you know, at least I have a little bit of money so I can buy some stuff to, you know, to give me some uh, happiness. Oh, money's gone. Oh, okay. So money's not gone. Okay, so I have friends, uh, you know, a couple of friends. Oh, no, no, the friends, yeah, yeah, they just robbed your uh, office, sir. You know, those friends that, you know, the ones that you bought them the house. The ones that you helped their marriage. The ones that you did all that stuff for. Yeah, yeah. They just robbed you. Oh. No friends still. Okay. So friends. Money. Health. What do you got? Uh, Okay. So I'm I'm just going to die. I'm just going to jump off a bridge. No, no, no. You still got a few things that are good. What's the few? You know, your wife, your mom, brothers. When you're in hell, in your mind... You don't think that this is valuable. In reality, priceless. Why? Because you realize, gamze Now, when I was in my hell, and I wanted to commit suicide, and I wanted to do a lot of different things to, to end it, I wasn't thinking like this. Why? I didn't have Torah. But Baruch Hu, in His mercy, sent us the message. And little by little, we woke up and to realize that there's much more value to life the money, then this, and all these different things that we talked about, and with or without the pain, and whether the pain goes away or not is irrelevant. There's still value to life, and you start realizing that you got to keep pushing, you got to keep moving forward, you got to keep doing things that are good, and you can enjoy life even with the suffering, even with the difficulty. And Baruch Hashem, little by little, you start getting yourself into a situation where. You start dealing with the problems differently. It's not that you start doing tshuva, all your problems go away. Sometimes that happens, but not necessarily always, and uh, not necessarily uh, right away either, even if it does go away. But the beautiful part is, Rabotai, is that you you start living life with a purpose because all of a sudden your new life has to do with purpose of life, with the afterlife, with uh, continuity. It's not just about here, it's about later on, it's about after, and so on and so forth. But a lot of us don't think like that. A lot of us don't think that we uh, are, uh, you know, we don't think beyond this life. We think about just now. And we get very, very depressed because of that, and that's a mistake. So, the first thing that we need to know is that this life is just a corridor to the real life. And this life whether it be 70 80 100 years, whatever it is It's not real life. This is the place you work Where you enjoy the benefits of your work is a place that's eternal Or you pay the consequences When a person starts thinking about olama the next world his actions his decisions his mindset our mindset are very different. Why? Because now you start realizing okay, wait a minute, hold on. So maybe what I'm going to do right now may uh, cost me a lot of money. Maybe to give $1,000 to Stockholm and I have $1,000 less in my bank, to help out a friend, give him a uh, job, even though uh, I really uh, don't want to give him a job, but he needs a job because, or else he's not going to be able to feed his kids. And just to give him money, it's not really helping him. So I'd rather just give him a job. Yeah, but that means I'm spending and this and that. You start doing all, the, all if you do the math in your head, it's never going to work out. But if you do the math for the bra, it'll work out. Why? It's much better to give somebody a job than to give somebody tzataka. Why? Because when you give somebody a job, they don't feel like you're giving them anything. They feel like, thank you, do me a favor, but I'm working, working for it. You still have their honor, still have their respect. If you give somebody tzataka, it's very difficult. Why? A person is ashamed. So now, If a person understands that if they continue pushing for life to continue pushing 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 and fighting through the struggle and it's going to be over at some point without giving yourself a time frame a lot of people have a problem because they give themselves a specific time frame oh no no if i don't get a solution if i'm not healed if i'm not making money if i'm not married if i'm not this or that by next year, by next month, by within the next two years—that's it. I'm giving up. No, no, don't, don't, don't give, a, don't give Hashem a clock. He's not your employee. You got to keep pushing and living life and going through the struggles because that's what you got to do. Don't put a clock on it. Why? The clock will always disappoint you. The clock will always disappoint you. So, make sure that you're pushing without the clock. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. So I think to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Live. And use whatever you learned from that difficult experience to change your actions if you have to do it all over again. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that the although the main punishment that happens to a person happens in a and the main reward, surely, happens in Olam There are different things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does in this world. Where he runs the world with measure for measure. That's as strict as can be. So much so that the Gemara says, anyone says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is anyone says that Hashem just lets things go, Hashem gives them an extra punishment just for thinking that. Tell us a let go. Everything has to be paid for. Everything. Either by tshuva or by suffering. You pick. So now, at the time of the Chafetz Chaim, there was a young man, successful, that uh, was a landlord and his poor widow and her kids weren't able to pay the rent. So the landlord came and he started intimidating her and yelling at her. He said, I'm sorry, just give me some more time. I, I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't have money for food. I just, just let us, you know, at least give us a roof. We'll get you the money. No lady, you got till two hours. But I don't have any walls to go. I don't have family. I'm alone here in the middle of nowhere in uh, the, the, the uh, uh, countries of Ashkenaz, Europe over there. I don't have anything. It's freezing outside. Just, leave, you know, just give us a little more time. This Rasha Merushah removed the roof. You know, it, was a, it wasn't like today's roofs and uh, today's houses. Remove the roof of the house. Let the pouring rain go into the house so she had to run away from there. When Chafetz Chaim heard about this, he's still young. They told him about this. He said, I wonder what HaKadosh B'Chu is going to do with him. I wonder what kind of punishment Hashem is going to give this person. Now Everybody heard about the story. Everybody got shocked not only to be so vicious to another Jew but to a, to a widow. Woman, you know, just has kids and no husband to pay. Nothing. So vicious. One Jew to another. Shem yachem. So everyone expected Hashem to give judgment. A year passed. Nothing. Guy continued making money. Another year. Nothing. Another year. Nothing. Ten years. Nothing. Twenty years. Nothing. People forgot about it already. 50 years past 50 years past That means 50 yom kippur 50 rosh hashanah 50 opportunities at least once a year do tshuva that's where you go yom kippur do tshuva i'm sorry hashem shouldn't have done it 50 years nothing One day it's announced in the community It's a very horrible case. Older man got bitten by a dog that has rabies. In those days, they didn't have the cure. Torah always had the cure, by the way. It's mentioned in the Gemara, but not everybody learns Gemara. But anyway, man got bitten by a dog has rabies. The guy is in so much pain, he's barking, he's this, he's yelling, he's screaming. Agony. It's hard to even be around it. And this person is extremely successful. This person has a lot of things, this, that. But no doctor can help him. Nothing can be done. And he's suffering uh, something that no one's ever seen before. He suffered so much from the pain of, the, of this rabies. He died from pain. It's called Mita meshuna, Strange death. So Chafetz Chaim heard about the story. He says, I wonder who this person is. Investigate it. Who is it? It's the guy that threw out the widow and her kids. Removing the roof. Wait for him, wait for him, wait for him. 50 years. You got it. Why? Doesn't give up. Doesn't let go. Game opportunity. Say, oh, where's the kindness? What do you mean, where's the kindness? Where do you mean, where's the kindness? He waited 50 years. <laughs> if that's not kindness, what's kindness? Somebody owes you 500 bucks, you, you call them every week. No, no, you have the money, I need the money, I need the money. No, no, I don't have it right now. Ah, oh, come on, what are you doing this to me? You start yelling at the guy, insulting him. Yeah, yeah. You don't wait for two weeks. He's. Do- Hashem waited 50 years. 50 years waiting for this guy to do tshuva. Every year he Made sure there's a holiday. That's a tshuva holiday. Nothing. Nothing. That's not kindness. What's kindness? And that's only the punishment here. We're not talking about what's waiting for him over there. Hashemishmo. <laughs> Chavetz Chaim says here. We see again. Measure for measure. It's another time. i Told me the story. Says that um, true story that uh just happened a few days ago. A uh Rabbi by name of said it and Rabbi uh, I heard it and he knows the person himself. True story. Says there was a uh woman that uh Went into a bank and uh, asked to, t- to uh, withdraw 300 shekels, about 100 bucks from our account. Teller says, sure, no problem. Looked at the computer, negative balance. says, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't give you. You already have a negative balance in the account, you've already borrowed against the account. So now there's a negative balance and uh, you haven't paid. We can't give you. The woman says to him, listen, don't do this to me. I need money to feed my kids. I'm a widow. I don't have any money. I need money just to feed my kids. I need, uh, you know, hundred dollars to feed my kids. He says, I'm sorry, lady, I can't. I can't. It's the bank rules. Says, but Listen, I need the money. I need to, I need to eat. We, we, we need to eat. I can't, lady, I can't. I'm sorry. It's not my money. It's the bank. Listen, no, go on. The guy got so frustrated, he started yelling at the woman. Ah! What do you think this is? A gmach? What do you think is charity? The woman was so insulted in front of everybody. You know, it's the bank. This guy's yelling at her. So insulted. He says, this, she starts crying hysterical. He says, that's how much you embarrass me over a hundred dollars. And she runs out of the out of the bank. Now the president of the bank saw this and he couldn't take it. And he ran after the lady. Went outside. And said this is this lady, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Takes three hundred shekels out of his pocket. He goes, Ego, you don't have to give it back. She's crying, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want. I don't want nothing. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. He said, I tried to convince her. No way, not taking it. Not taking it. And she went away. When the president of the uh, bank comes back in, remember, he's a little shocked, but then he sees in the office, he sees that the vice president is crying. Get emotional over the story. Well, what so he goes and he goes, What happened? You okay? Something happened? No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. No, no, tell me well, what happened. Listen, it's just, it's okay, it's okay. No, no, tell me what happened. Tell me. I saw what happened. Okay? It, says, it reminded me of a story that happened 40 years ago. What happened 40 years ago? He says, When I was a kid, I was a little boy. My uh, my dad died, my mom had to take care of us, and uh, he didn't have much money. And went to the We went to the we went to this, you know the store, Delhi. And uh, you know the way it worked in Israel it doesn't work like that in America, is that even if you don't have money, he writes it in the book. Oh, listen, I'm buying this, this, and this. Put it on my tab. Put it on my tab, and uh, you know over time you pay it. It's like a community bank. I remember when we left Eretz Israel over 30 years ago, my mom, God bless her, she uh, was very struggling financially at the time, built up a tab of almost $5,000, which is an enormous amount of money to the makolit. The fact that uh, the guy Rafi, well, Hashem bless him. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but The fact that he was able to carry such tab for my family is a big big uh, chesed But one of the greatest things that I learned in my life is that despite the fact that we moved From Eretz Israel to America, my mom sent the money every single month until she paid the full tab Until she paid the full tab it took a few years but she sent him all the money until she paid the full tab. Could have ran away. Goes, ah, no, come on, I'm a different country. A no. Honesty is honesty. You don't have to be the most religious person in the world to be honest. To be ethical. Somebody did you a favor. An ungrateful person. So this guy, this vice president says, I, uh... Remember, 40 years ago, I was a kid, my father died, went to the deli, my mom bought, you know, got a few things, minimal stuff, some bread, some milk, cheese, so we could eat. Went to the counter, and the uh, owner looked at his book, said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. So my mom wh- whispered to him, thought, I can't hear. When I was a little kid, she didn't think I was paying attention. But I heard every word. And she whispered to him, Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Please. It's the only thing I have. I need food for my kids. I don't have anything in the house. I don't have anything in the house. Please. The guy looks at her and he gets angry. It's my fault. You don't have anything. I can't do it. Return it. Please, don't do this to me. She's still whispering. The guy gets so angry... He takes the bag from her, does basket her out, takes everything out, gives uh, puts back empty baskets, he says, now get out of the store. Kicks her out of the store. He said, that my mom cried, and the pain that I saw in my mom's face, says, the worst pain I've ever seen on anybody's face. For mom not to have food for her kids, might as well be death. I saw my mom, and went home. Ol oh, HaShem, we overcame it. I grew up, became successful, became vice president of the uh, bank over here, and now this happened. So the president of the bank says, "Well, wow, it's quite a story." And then he goes, "I'm not finished. See, sir, that storyteller over there, that the, the, the owner of the deli." That threw my mom out. His daughter was that woman. That the bank teller in our bank just threw out of the bank. That was his daughter. That was his daughter. Life is a circle. Life is a circle. Rabbi Hayana tells us, life is a circle. That's how it works. Person needs to know. But there's also good ways. Chavetz Chaim, at one point, is ready to build the yeshiva. This is about 120 years ago. Build the yeshiva. Chavetz Chaim, giant Chacham. Rich person comes, says, Oh, I'll pay for the whole thing. Advay, we're trying to build the yeshiva, $20 at a time. We're waiting for the guy that's going to come say, I'll pay for the whole thing. Right check, ten million dollars. Right check, for a million. No, something. Not yet. Coming. Soon. But somebody came to the Chafetz Chaim. Alvai with a shoestring in the Chafetz Chaim shoe, but... He wanted to build the yeshiva. We're trying to build the yeshiva. He did what was needed. We're trying to do what's needed. Follow the instructions of our forefathers. When will my... Actions, reach, the actions of my forefathers, what a Jew is supposed to say every day. Chafetz Chaim says, I'm going to open a yeshiva. Rich person comes, says, Kvod I'm ready to pay for the whole thing. Chafetz Chaim says something, I don't think anybody in the world is going to say. No. Can't pay for the whole thing. No, no, but Kvod I insist, I have the money. It's not about the money. Can't pay for the whole thing. Well, Kvod I keep Shabbat. I keep it's for it's not about you keeping Shavah, I know you keep Shavah, I know you come to the shore, everything, we like you, you're a good guy. You can't pay for the whole thing. Why not? He says the most you can get is one wall. You can pay for a wall. Pay for a wall. You can put your name on the wall, that's what you can pay for. But why? Says, I, want to, I want to do the whole thing. You see, we don't have the Bet HaMikdash right now. We don't have the Bet HaMikdash. That means we have to get as many mitzvot as possible. We need as many people as possible to get involved in this mitzvah, to show Hashem that we want to build a bit of Mikdash. So we can't give all the merit to just you. Because every single person that donates money for the sake of Torah is fulfilling the entire Torah. A person that does not donate for the sake of Torah is going against the Torah. So much so that Chafetz Chaim Chaim almost made an Alakha. He made an Alakha, but then he retracted it says, Someone that doesn't support Torah, lo ba. has no share of the world to come. But then he said to the guy, No, no, remove it. He goes, Why? It's not a met. He goes, There it. Then why are we removing it? He says, Because if I make this a psak din, they're going to make a psak din in Shemaim too. Nobody has a chance. All the people don't donate for Torah. Instead, they donate to Hanukkah parties. They donate to horses. They donate to dogs. Let's at least give them a chance. But that's damn it. You have to support Torah. How much? As much as you can. At the very least, your sale. If you can do chomes, you can do 20%, you can do 20 Point is, you have to give money for Torah. Why? That shows a Kadosh Baruch That's your more, most important investment in eternity. It's much more important than your second house. It's much more important than a nicer car. It's much more important than any jewelry you get. Why? It's investing for Allah it's investing to build a Torah and sanctify Kadosh whose name every day. So this man, rich guy, says, I, That's what I want to do. I want to pay for the whole thing. I want to invest for Allah Rabbah. He says, No. You invest for Allah Abba, but only a wall. Why? Everybody else also has to invest. So the guy accepted it, got a bracha from the Rav. Chavetz Chaim gives him a very respectable blessing, makes the wall a very special wall in the yeshiva, puts his name on it. Baruch Hashem. As you would have it, life is a circle, a Kadosh who puts us here, puts us there, puts us there, all types of places. A few years passed, and the guy dies. The donor dies. Now, of course, the government don't need much excuses to take all your money. If you're a Jew, that's enough of an excuse. Second, he dies, said, Yeah, yeah, we, he owed here, he owed here, he owed there. Shh. Wiped out everything that he had, took the house, took everything. Left the wife and the kids with nothing. Zero, 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 zero. Chavetz Chaim. Heard about this? Brought, told the people, bring the woman. Here. Brought to Chavetz Chaim, crying, miskina. Says, no, no, nothing to cry about. Here, let me show you. Takes her to the yeshiva. Come over here. Here you go. This is your room. This is your house, your new house. You and the kids are going to live here. You have a designated room in the Yeshiva. Why why people no 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 it's the least we can do this is what the yeshiva owes you yeshiva owes your husband You see when a person invests into torah invests into Helping Am Yisrael do tshuva invest into sanctify kadosh whose name He's not doing the torah a favor He's not doing the rabbi a favor He's doing himself a favor. Why? Life's a circle. The money that you have today, saying, say, no, no, I'll donate at the end of the year. Who says you can have the money at the end of the year? What's the most important mitzvah we have in the Torah? Mitzvah that you have now. Which mitzvah? Whatever you, have, you can do right now, do. That's the most important mitzvah. Yeah, Shabbat, Shabbat's a big deal, but Shabbat's not today. When Shabbat comes, that's the most important mitzvah. But right now, you can't do Shabbat. So it's not the most important Shabbat. What about Tfilin? Tfilin, you can't do Tfilin. It it's uh, 10 o'clock at night. You can't put on Tfilin at 10 o'clock at night. It's not the most important job. When is the most important job? In the morning. When you can do Tfilin. When you can put lay at Tfilin. What mitzvah can I do right now? Ooh, oh, what? ooh, what? You didn't get the point yet? You can learn Torah. You can give tzedakah. You can share this lecture. Do Kiruv. Three mitzvah in five seconds. And there's plenty of others. That's the most important mitzvah. That's the most important mitzvah, Rabotai. person needs to understand that it's not just the size of the mitzvah, but it's also the timing. And when a person utilizes these few different tools that we talked about, he's going to make himself be placed in a good place in this circle, regardless of which, you know, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, but at least if we make the right decisions when we're up, Hashem will also have mercy on us if we're ever getting to the point that we're down or our descendants are down. And that's what Rabbi Hanina was trying to teach his wife. When the poor man comes to collect sdaka, go towards him, go towards him. Don't wait for him to come to you. You already see he's coming, go towards him. Extra kindness. Why? So Hashem, if it gets to the point where our kids or our descendants Are down, are homeless, are in bad shape. Hashem also extends somebody to us that they don't have to embarrass themselves extra. Why? Life is a circle. Life is a circle. With that being said, Chabod, who wants to come up with some questions? Joshua. It's free the questions, guys. Free. Ge'enom. You know, Genom 12 months. So, this Gemara in Masechet Shabbat Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says that the Rashaim go to Ge'enom 12 months. But then there's another Gemara and there's an entire section in the Zohar and there's an entire teaching in the Rishit Chochmar and many, many other holy books that talk about how from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the same Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai Says, some people get geinom for a very long time, eternity, forever, until the neshama is destroyed. So, on one side you say one year; another side you say many years or infinity. Or you look at the uh, uh, When Rosh in the beginning it says, "The shame go to Gainom for one year." He says, but some Rashaim go to gain, no, forever. He says, what's the difference? He says, if the ones that, uh, the ones that go forever, they make sins. They both Hashem. They make sins. What sins they make? They make sins with their body. He says, give me an example. Everybody understands the example. But the example that the Igmar comes up with is someone doesn't put on feeling. Someone doesn't put on tefillin every day, just simply decides not to put on tefillin. Kamala says, he goes to gain no forever. And of course, other bodily sins. Wasting seed, niyuf, adultery, going with ida, and so on. These are different big sins that a person, that if he doesn't do tshuva or she doesn't do tshuva, very, very big problem. But here we still have a contradiction. Okay, how come one time you're telling us one, and another time it's forever? I mean, there's, yeah, you know there's a middle ground somewhere, right? So anyone who looks at the Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi says, the Gebarat Yerushalmi, there's two, there's the Babrik, there's Yerushalmi. In Yerushalmi, it says that Divret Torah are poor in one place, but are rich in another. Meaning that when you learn about a subject in the Torah, specific issue in the Torah, you must learn it from all of the different places that are mentioning that subject and not just one place There's not a single place in the Torah to learn about any issue in the Torah It's dispersed all over the place So for example the boys right now Baruch Hashem, are about to complete Now you know what's the good news they're learning right now things about Brachot now if you think that this is the last place you're going to learn about b'chot, mistake. Why? Because Sani, that's about to complete Masechet Shabbat, Hashem, guess what? He also learned about b'chot in Masechet Shabbat. Yeah, but how come they didn't put it in Masechet B'chot? Why didn't they just put everything in Masechet B'chot And everything in the Shabbat related to Shabbat. That's not how it works. How does our Torah work? Our Torah works like our nervous system. Where our nervous system, if you ever saw any of these uh, visual illustrations on the uh, computers and so on, see that our nervous system is completely connected. Everything is connected to everything. So sometimes a person can have a pain in their foot that has nothing to do with their foot. It has to do with some clot or some nervous issue that's in their back. Sometimes they can have something in uh, their chest. But it has nothing to do with their chest. It could be something that's in happening in a different part, body part. So that's why, for example, anyone you know, these, in the medical world, they tell you that uh, if you have certain symptoms, then you should check your heart. Say, oh, yeah, if my chest hurts. No, no, not if your chest hurts. Other things. There's other symptoms. Why? Because your whole body is connected. There's a nervous system. Everything's connected. So this also explains people ask me why well, I don't understand how could everything go so bad from a simple uh, hemorrhoid hemorrhoidectomy, hemorrhoid rectomy How could the whole body be in pain from that surgery that you had how could it be because again the whole body is connected if you Have a problem with one nerve it could literally affect the entire body The entire body needless to say from there we learn our Torah is just like this. We do not learn Torah from just one book or one line. When we learn about a specific subject, we have to learn about it from everywhere that encompasses it. And that's why you'll see that every time it's mentioned anywhere, it gives you the source of where it got it from. So of course everything starts with the five books of Moses. So if you see it in the and it'll tell you where did you get this from. Oh, this is based on the verse in such and such. This it's in the Gemara, it's in the uh, it's in a Chumash, in uh, Sefer Bereshit, in Sefer Shemot, Sefer Vayikra, and so on and so forth. On this verse, I can tell you the source. But also, it's mentioned in a different Gemara, and you see that there's another Gemara. It's also mentioned in the Bereita, and so on and so forth. So you see that they're all connecting things, and you see that this is also discussed in five different other places. So then, when you see it, for example, you see it in the Shulchan Aruch, the Allacha, of whatever you're looking for, he's going to tell you, "Oh, yeah, I got this halacha from this gemara on this page, but also from this gemara, this page, and also from this pesek at this page." Why can't you just give me one? No, no, I can't just give you one. Why? Because this one is discussing the right side of this mitzvah, this one is discussing the left side of the mitzvah, and this one is discussing the middle of the mitzvah. Hypothetical point is that it's not just one place. There's different places. There's different facets to the diamond. That's how we learn Torah. So when you see a single statement in a Torah that says something that seems like it's contradictory to what we've said, it doesn't mean that it's, we're wrong. What it means is that you have to learn more. And that's why many times when you see uh, uh, quality speakers, they'll give you one source, sometimes two. But if you see that same speaker, write a book, in the book they may mention five sources, ten sources. Why can't he just give me one, like he did in the lecture? Why is he trying to show me he's smart, he knows a lot of sources? No, no, no. You don't speak the way you write, and you don't write the way you speak. It doesn't work the same way. So when you're learning from the Sfarim, you're learning from the books, you'll see that every single major thing has countless different sources. Countless different chachamim. So, for example, if you're going to go over a, a certain alacha today, it's going to tell you, yeah, this alacha we got it from the Shu'han Aruch, and this in this page, and this in that section. Now you're going to go to Shu'han Aruch to go to the source, right? The Shu'han Aruch is going to tell you, okay, we got this from where? Rambam, and alachot such and such, and page such and such, and alachot such and such. Now you go to the Rambam. Now the comment, the Rambam himself didn't put sources. But the Chachamim that came after him put the sources of where he got what he got. So other people have an easier time. So you look at the Rambam, and you see, oh, the Rambam wrote this halacha, where did he get it from? Oh, he's using such and such gemara. So you go to that gemara, and that gemara says it's because of a different gemara, and that gemara, and that gemara, and, that gemara, and then where all they got it from? It's all from the Tanakh, the Chumash, and so on and so forth. Now, we don't get halacha from the Tanakh, as far as the, uh, the prophets or the, uh, the Nevim or Ketuvim, the writings. But we get a smachta from them, meaning it's like an assurance that this is the right direction of what we're getting. Alacha is only from the five books of Moses. But the point being is, is that why didn't the guy that wrote the book today just mention the original source? Why didn't he just mention this Alacha is from Sefer Shmot in pasuk this and this? Why did he have to give me... The Shulchan Aruch, and the Shulchan Aruch gave me the Rambam, and the Rambam gave me one of the Poskim, and on the days is the night, and then I went to the Gemara, and eventually I got all the way to the promised land, and then written, uh, written Torah. Why didn't I just get it from the guy that wrote the book today? Why is he uh, breaking my head? Because that's how you learn Torah. That's how you learn Torah. You can't just uh, go and say, oh, if I could just read the Chumash, I'm going to understand Allah. You're not going to understand anything. Now you're not going to understand, you're not going to understand anything. You're not even going to understand how they connected this. Unless you go through all of the steps. And in reality, I'm minimizing it. It's a lot more steps than what I'm telling you. Why? Because the guy that wrote the book today, the Gadot that wrote the book today, he's not just mentioning Shukhanoch. He's mentioning 5, 10, 20, 30, 50, 150 sources for one single thing. 150. Does it want to show Yeah, but there's hundreds of major post scheme that went forward, that went against, and he's giving you both sides. And why we chose this side? To show you that everything you could possibly think of was already thought of. Everything you think of. So now, when it comes to the issue of Genom, if you see it in a regular book that was written by some chacham, with all due respect to all of them, that says one thing or the other. One sentence, one little tiny paragraph, do not by any stretch of the imagination think that this encompasses the entire subject of Genom or any other subject. And even if you ask that Chacham himself, if he's an honest person, he's a real Chacham, is this encompassing the whole subject? No, of course not. There's thousands of books written about it. Thousands, not hundreds, thousands. Thousands of books written about it. Thousands of chakamim spoke about this subject. It's not just Thousands. When we did a Shiu on uh, Genom, we covered hundreds of sources. But when we did a Shiu about Genom, when it was pertaining just to Hasidut, meaning not Genom discussed by all of the Chachamim in history, but just there was a second Shiu that we did, Genom based on Hasidut, meaning that you've narrowed down the search. The research that was done for that shiur was over 1,400 sources from Hasidut. 1,400 sources, 1,400 sfarim. 1,400 different places. Now you guys get about Hashem on a silver platter. Sounds like, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I can do this. I can do what he does. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, same thing. No, it's not so simple. Why? Baruch Hashem, Rav is a genius. I try to learn as much as I can and uh, benefit as much as possible and Boch Hashem give it to you guys on the silver platter. But the point is, is that we see from there that just on the aspect of Hasidot, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of Chachamin that discuss this particular issue. Needless to say, there are thousands that have discussed this issue in the grand bigger scope of Judaism, which is much bigger than just Hasidut. Everybody understands that Hasidut is not all of Judaism. You know, Judaism existed before 250 years ago when Hasidut started. So, this specific issue is only debated in this generation, with this specific argument. No one 50, 100, 200 years ago Debated the issue of whether Genome is a year or forever. No one debated that. Why? It's obvious, it's clear. First of all, it's a clear gmarad that says it's it's much longer. Second of all, anyone with a brain knows that it's not possible for everyone to go to Genome, all the wicked to go to Genome for just one year. Why? If you have a brain, let's use it for a second. Okay, brain, turn on. You put the button on, go, now start running. Now. Okay, Manus, I told you that uh, Gainam only one year. Worst case. Okay, let's see Manus, How does this work? Okay, one guy, he kept Torah, Mitzvah, went to the Shield, did this, did that, 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 but one time he did something bad. No matter what it is, he did something bad. Let's say we call it. The guys. obviously he has to pay. We just had a whole hour talking about how nothing's for free, right? So Hashem says, okay, you get a year in Ganom, Right? Another guy did not just that one sin that this first guy did, a million times more. She so tell me he's also getting one year in Gain Om. So that one guy did one sin, he gets one year in Gain Om, and the other guy did a million times, he's getting uh, only one year in Gain Om. that's it. Everybody gets the same punishment. If you say that, the Ramban, Nachmanides, in Shah Gmul says that makes a person 100% a heretic. A kufir can't count them in Minyan. Why? Because saying that everyone gets one year in Gain Om, Turns God into a vicious God. That everybody gets the same sentence. Second, it says, "Yeah, but Rabbi, I'm keeping everything. So what? The worst thing that's going to happen to me is one year. Oh, I don't know what. What do you mean that you're keeping? Do you know everything? It also depends how many times you make sins. Because even if a person makes a sin, okay, I messed up. You don't just make one sin in your life. You make a bunch. So if every sin is one year in Ghanom, already you have millions of years. So what's our answer?" Don't focus on going to Gainon. Focus on going to Gan Eden. How do you focus on going to Gan Eden? Do mitzvot. Become so busy doing mitzvot, you don't have time to make sins. And the time that you failed and you made a sin, do tshuva, which is a beautiful thing. Why? Because when you do tshuva, you know what happens? You know what happens when you do tshuva? Akadosh Baruch Hu gives you reward for the tshuva. Not only you're a criminal, but you know the you did tshuva. Hashem says, oh, you did tshuva. My son, I'm going to give you a reward for doing tshuva. In essence, you got rewarded for being a thief because you did tshuva. It's not rational, but that's how much Hashem loves us. But if we focus only about going to Gay gain Gainom, Gay Gainom, gain then we're probably going to go to Gainom because we manic depressants. It's good to know that Ganom is much longer than a year. Because if it's really only one year, Rabotay, honestly, I would tell everybody, do whatever you want. Anyone's go, everybody's going to Ganom for just one year. It's the worst thing. Do whatever you want. What's the difference if you violate Shabbat, you murder people? Y'all going to go one year? What's that's the worst thing that could happen? Ah. What's the point? Because obviously, everyone understands it cannot be one year, and that's why the Chachamim were very, very adamant about this point to the extent with the Ramban, one of the greatest Poskim, one of the greatest Chachamim Am Yisrael ever had, literally wrote that anyone that says such a thing is 100% heretic, just like he violated the entire 13 principles of faith. So, why does the one Gemara or the one sefil say one year or this or that? Because again, like we said in the beginning, We learn it from the Yerushami. The the Yushami says that the way the Torah works, in one place it's poor, in another place it's rich. In one place it's going to give you one sentence, and in another place it's going to give you five sentences. That doesn't mean that you, by default, go to the five sentences. Doesn't mean that. What it means is, you take the one, you take the five, you combine them. And after that, you look for some more. You look for some more, 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 and little by little, you start getting yourself... A serious answer and a serious uh, understanding of a specific subject. That's how to is learned. So if you ever see something that's contradictory, don't jump to conclusions, don't get a uh, all riled up. This is not the entire scope of the subject. Regardless of what the subject is, it does not just gain on anything. Next question. Same price. One percent. No how about? Um, okay, um,
1: we know with the that um, our purpose here is to really put them in to really help us fix our character traits and learning with God. so we're learning and trying to do everything that we do. And let in the subject Shem on the world and everything that comes to you. It's because Hashem is in it. So. so, like you're working with other people and you yourself, you're trying to keep that focus And but you're put in a situation that people are kind of they don't understand that idea and their focus is like whoever that's I'm doing business with, that person is um, the one that's fitting. So they give them that, that whole glory. And you have to be put in a position
0: to kind of pretty much serve that person in whatever they do, whether they lie or... Right. So you, to, you, work, for, for you, you work for a person that does not believe in Ashka in so many words. is not a person that's uh, preparing themselves for Gan Eden. They're preparing themselves for a very different world. They believe that their effort... Their uh, strength is what's making the money and what's making their their success, and so on. Now, this is the norm. So, it's not a unique situation. The overwhelming majority of the world, literally 99.99999% of the world, unfortunately, has the belief that their effort, their skill, their wisdom, their intellect, their idea is what is going to bring them success. Their luck, their being at the right place at the right time, their coincidence, and so on and so forth. People take credit for all of the good that Hashem gives them as if they got it themselves. This is the norm. Now what happens when you work for those people? What happens when you do business with those people? Well the truth is if you didn't do business with those people you simply wouldn't be able to work in the world because the majority of the people are like this. Either they're your boss, or they're your manager, or they're your employee, or they're your customer, or sometimes, chas Shalom, your spouse, or, or your friend, or a family member. They're everywhere. That's how people are. So we have to understand that the Torah doesn't tell you that you're only allowed to associate and do business with people that are tzadikim gmurim. You know, that are completely righteous one of the 36 that are, you know, that the world exists on. It doesn't say that. You conduct. The way of the world is, you know, it's a Uh, Kadmala Torah. The way of the world and running the world is something that you need to understand and to apply to your life. And make sure that you do whatever is necessary in order for you to fulfill the Torah. Meaning that. You're allowed to work with such people as long as they're not, uh, you know, uh, preaching idol worship and, uh, and, and getting other people to idol worship or something like that. If they're just uh, mistaken in their ideology and so on, you're still allowed to uh, to deal with them, to work for them, to do whatever. But understand that your role is to fulfill the Torah through your life, which includes your job. So how do you fulfill your Torah through your job? By being an honest employee, an honest boss, an honest customer, doing your role. So when you work for somebody, you're getting paid for it. Make sure you work. Don't have him pay you for stuff that that you're doing for somebody else. If your boss is paying you to work for him, for let's say I don't know X amount of hours, he's telling you that from let's say I don't know eight o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night or till 10 o'clock at night, whatever your schedule is, you work for me. I'm paying you, you're you're my employee, All right? You're not allowed to do any side projects on his time or her time, you're not allowed. If you do, you're 100% thief, gizel. Now, yeah, but he never saw, he never got hurt. It doesn't matter if he gets hurt, it doesn't matter if he saw. He's paying you to produce for him. She's paying you to produce for her, not for somebody else so so yeah but I got my work done doesn't matter that extra time that you had to do that side project you could have done that side project that he's paying you for and made him more money you took that time that he's paying you for to work for something else for yourself or for somebody else you're 100 percent a thief you want to work for yourself either quit and go work for yourself or that's at time that he's not paying you for you cannot do that so that's, in essence, how you fulfill the Torah when you're working. doesn't matter that he's a bad guy, or he doesn't believe in God, or he's, it doesn't make a difference. You still have to be a Jew. You still have to comply with the Torah. You still have to do what you're doing. You still have to be honest. If you're the boss, you have to pay people on time. If you're the customer, you have to make sure that your check clears, and you're not giving people uh, some checks that are practically less than paper. If you're the uh, employee, you have to make sure that you're an honest employee, and so on and so forth. You have to fulfill your role and be a light to the nations. That doesn't mean that everyone is going to be attracted to your light. But surely, after they see you being a light for a long time, they'll see, he's a light. He's a light. And that's actually what happened many, many times throughout history, where when the goyim... Saw that the otzim mentality, that their uh, their power and their strength failed. You know, the money didn't help, the weapons didn't help, the nothing, medicine, nothing helped, they were in dire straits. What did they do? They went to the Jewish people, the persecuted Jewish people. Why? So they're holy. Yeah, but just six months ago you made fun of them. Yeah, I made fun of them. Doesn't mean it's true. They're still holy. Yeah, but just six months ago, you're making uh, this, you're making that, doesn't make a difference. They're all special people. They're the light. And when we fail, we have to go to them. So, the way you are at work is you have to be honest, you have to be ethical, you have to do what you have to do, and that's one. Now, the other way is, another thing is, you can try, you can try to influence the public, aside from your actions, by also sharing Torah with them in a direct or indirect way by uh, giving them, if they're Jews, giving them one of our CDs, giving them a poster, sharing a text message. If you socialize with these people, uh, you know, you give them a text message, one of the lectures, you could try to do Qub that way. But one thing doesn't steer, you know, doesn't uh, contradict the other. One thing is not more than the other. First and foremost, you have to know as an employee you're getting paid for a certain service. That's it Whether the boss or manager or whoever is good or a bad person doesn't make a difference If you're gonna get that money, you want that money you have to do the service You have to provide the service now. I can tell you from experience of dealing with I don't know how many but it's definitely in the thousands of people in business thousands customers as well as vendors and so on, service providers and so on. I have yet to meet a single person that's honest in business. One person. I'm just, I, This is not one of those times where I'm exaggerating just for a theater. I'm dead serious. Not a single person I've found that's actually honest. Now, sometimes they're good in the beginning. First transaction, you give them something, they provide it, So what do you do? You come back for more, right? That's when I get you. Sometimes it's two times, or three times, or four times. Sometimes six months. Sometimes it could be two years. But it eventually happens with every single person I've ever dealt with. Every single time, never failed. Never failed. I've never. I just. It's. It's. It's unbelievable to me. Oh, you say, "Yeah, I'm honest in business." I laugh in my heart. "Yeah, Yeah, right. You're either the Mashiach or you're, you're lying to yourself. Why? Well, people don't even know what honesty is. They don't think it's wrong to do what they're doing. You know, they decide listen, I'm going to charge my customers, I don't know, 100 bucks a month to go clean their pools. How often are you going to come? I'm going to come once a week. Okay, 100 bucks, once a week, no problem. All right. The guy comes once a week, a month, two, three, four, five months, good, right? Then all of a sudden you see the guy didn't come this week. Oh, okay, maybe I didn't see him. All right. Then you he comes next week. Okay, fine. But then you start noticing after a while he's only coming twice a month, but you still pay for four. What happened? No, no, he came, he came. No, no, he didn't come. I'm home all day. I see he didn't come. No, no, he came, he came. I, I think you're I think you're too busy. No, no, I'm not too busy. I see he's not he didn't come. What did the guy think? He thought that you're not going to see. Why? Because usually people are not home. And he's figuring, listen, the pool's clean. No one's using it anyway. So what's the big deal for this customer if I just skip once? The big deal is you're a thief. That's the big deal. To the customer, in reality, it's not a big deal. Why the pools clean or whatever the service is? It's not a big deal. But in Shemaim, 100% big deal. In Shemaim, they're going to take care of you. For what? Skipping. Same thing with other things. You pay a person, or is a commission to do such and such a job. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. The guy doesn't do it. At one time, I was uh, building uh, one of my many websites in business. Websites are like my mini nightmare in life. I've spent so many tens of thousands of dollars on them, and I've built so many. They're like my tikkun in life. I think, uh, I don't know, I I can't be a website developer in a previous Google, but I did something to do with it. Anyway, one time... I had a guy come there, yeah, pitch me this whole thing for business, this, that. How much do you want? Forty-seven thousand dollars to build this website and this and that, this whole plan. Okay, no problem. Gave him a piece of the money, started doing some work, that delay, 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 do, 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 do. Okay, sir, here's what you have. After I don't know, however much many months waiting for this thing, you already got, out of the forty seven thousand, you already got forty thousand of it which was a mistake on my end, by the way. You should never pay somebody that much money for what complete work. But anyway, 40000 Okay, what do you got? I look at the product. I'm like, this is not even half finished. Ah, you' no, nah, no. Nah. I'm not doing it anymore. What do you mean? I paid you all the money. I'm not doing it anymore. Click. You know type of stuff like this happened to me in life? Woo. I can give you the story the world would, would, would end and the stories wouldn't. Countless. Lawyers, doctors, web developers, all types of uh, business, everything. Why? People are simply dishonest to the extent where they don't even realize it's wrong. You know who realizes it's wrong? People that have Yirat shemaim, And that's why the Gemara says, someone who doesn't have Yirat shemaim, you shouldn't even be in a room with him, alone. Why? He may kill you. Why? Well, is because he has a Yirat Shamayim. may kill you. Yes. Where we learn it from? Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu says to Avimelech. Avimelech says, "How come you didn't tell me that your wife is really your that your sister is really your wife?" He, Abraham says to him, "I saw there's no Yirat Shamayim here, so they would kill me over my uh, over my wife." Person have no Yerach Shamayim, don't deal with them at all. But the problem is. It's going to be very, very hard for you to find customers, managers, uh, employee, everything. So you have to deal with people do. But just be very careful. Be very careful and expect the worst. Don't be uh, overly optimistic with certain things because it's a reality. It's reality. Certain people promise a lot. If they would deliver half of what they promise, it's already a miracle. And that's how it is practically in all of the dealings that I've seen in my life. And trust me, even if you say no, no, maybe you have bad luck. Uh, it's not. I don't have bad luck. Other people tell me stories. Uh, just a few days ago, a few days ago, somebody says, "Listen, for a guy that uh, was uh, struggling because of Corona and everything else, he's a builder or whatever he is, and he can't build nothing." So it felt bad. So we figured, you know what? Let us give some, this guy some work, get some work in the house. So we hired. We told, him, "Listen, come to the work. You know, fix up this place." I don't know, $10,000 job. You know, it's good money when you don't have any money. Or anyway. Oh, $10,000 job. Good, oh, Great, okay. After you finish the job, okay, great. All right, all right, thank you. Got the money. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. See you. After the guy leaves, oh, honey, where's the boxes we got from uh, UPS today? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. Where's the, we got, we got some stuff. I don't know. Let's look at the camera. Look at the camera. The guy stole the stuff from them. The guy stole the boxes. There's gamma The guy stole the boxes. The same guy, they just fed him. He was broke. Had no money to pay nothing. They gave him a job. He stole from them. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just bring it back. Okay. Makhulaga, makhulaga. I don't know what got into me, yet, uh, oh, okay, Yetzirah, Yetzirah, i Habutai, every day. Why? You have no Yerat Shamayim. You commit murder in a second. Needless to say, be th- dishonest in business. So what is? what do we learn from here? Be careful. Set your expectations where they should be and not where you want them to be. Be careful. Expectations. Don't be overly optimistic. Don't be overly pessimistic either because you're pessimistic. You can't move on in life You have to be optimistic to a certain extent, but when it comes to people Set yourself up in such a position where everyone is replaceable. Do not depend on anybody being here tomorrow Don't think anyone owes you anything don't think that anyone is gonna promise you anything whatever promises people tell you have it one year and out the other not because they're dishonest not because they're bad people, but because today that's what they're saying who knows if they still believe what they're saying next week people change People change Korach was a tzaddik rabotai People think that Korach was a gangster Korach was a tzaddik, you know, I know, he was a navi. He's a prophet He saw a prophecy that is in his lineage Shmuel and Navi is coming Hashem doesn't give somebody uh, such visions What happened with Korah His wife whispered in his ear, told him, man, you know, the eh, eh, wicked wife, he listened to her. Next thing you know, instead of loving Moshe Rabbeinu, he hates him. That's what the Torah says. A woman builds, a woman destroys. If she's righteous, then she'll tell you, listen, Moshe Rabbeinu He's a good rabbi, you should listen to him. Yeah, but he said something I didn't like, he rebuked me. Listen, he's a rabbi. for he rebuked you, say, I'm sorry, rabbi, you're right. Yeah, but I'm not sorry. You say, I'm sorry. Why? He rebuked you. He's right. Well, he's not right. He's right. How do you he know he's right? You he didn't even hear what he said. If he said it, he's right. Why? He's the rabbi. By default, he's right. By default doesn't have to explain himself. People are no, no, can you explain this? I don't have to. What? You're the rabbi. I don't tell him, if I ask my rabbi certain questions and he gives me an answer against what I want, I do say, can you explain it to me, please? Why do you have this this? I don't say that. Sometimes you want him to learn, but not because you're trying to have him justify. Sometimes somebody tells you oh listen, where does it say what you said? Is there a source for it well, you think? I'm a liar Now if you're asking for a source first second, third, fourth time, no problem or because you don't know maybe I'm a liar, maybe mix stuff up. but after you've gotten a hundred sources from me you already, you're still asking for a source is it for learning purposes or are you trying to see from lying? I just made it up for entertainment purposes. And that's the problem with time. you have to understand you have a certain role, rabbis have a certain role, tabideh chamim have a certain role, employees have a certain role, uh, the boss has a certain role, customer has a certain everybody's got a certain role. You have to have certain expectations, certain things, put everybody in certain things, and just understand that not everything is always gonna dance to your tune and work according to your plan, but you gotta keep pushing. Keep pushing, do what you gotta do, put your head down, focus, good things will follow, good things will follow, but as far as disappointments from people, the longer you live, the more you become used to it because that's what happens. That's what happens. This is what it is. This is what it is. Go ahead. Hopefully you guys have less disappointments than I did in my life, but uh, I don't know. I know a lot of old timers and uh, they uh, they uh, kind of had similar similar strategy, similar uh, journey. That's what people are. Next. We're almost done. What time is it? Okay, wait no? You guys are asking some big uh, philosophical questions today. Big, uh, you can make shilim out of these questions. No? Give me an easy one. No? No. Sani got one. Okay, no. So, uh, yes. Yeah. You have to look at the commentary of exactly where he said it. What Rashi says over there, um, you know. Is, is he to judge yes, so, so surely a person has to judge everyone based on halacha, and it's a forbidden for a person to uh, to ever judge a uh, uh, a person based on his circumstance. Meaning that if the halacha says that, let's say for example, there's a uh, big uh, uh, lawsuit between a rich guy and a poor guy, and the rich guy can afford to lose. He's got tons of money, and the poor guy can't afford to lose. Can't afford to lose. So uh, sometimes people want to be nice and philosophical and say, "Listen, the rich guy can afford to lose. Let's just give the case to the poor guy." The says, "Such a such a dayan, such a person that judges like this, is destroying the world. Why? You manipulate into law you're not allowed to judge this way. Not allowed to judge this way." So what I believe David the Melech may be referring to over there, when he says judge the, uh, uh, the, uh, the poor favorably, is an aspect of the legitimacy of their case. Meaning that sometimes rich people sue each other without any legitimacy, just to get back at each other. Just to hurt each other. Not because they actually have a case. Not because they, they, they really have, they have a loss. They're suing the insurance company for damages that didn't even incur. Why? Because they figured, let me make some money out of this. They're suing their partner for something they don't even have. No, you hurt me. I have punitive damages. My reputation is down. I want $10 million. Your whole life is not worth five bucks. You want $10 million for your reputation? No, I'm going to sue for this amount because I think I deserve this. So sometimes the rich people, not necessarily just billionaires, but just people that are relatively successful and not poor, they press charges against each other and lawsuits against each other without legitimacy. Whereas a poor person generally he's not going to do that. Why? He's already struggling as it is. He doesn't have that kind of time to waste like the rich part. He doesn't have the luxury of time to go sue people for no reason. He also doesn't have the budget to do it. When you're a rich person you could just pretty much have a, your own in-house lawyer or a law firm on retainer and pretty much just sue people on a regular basis. I had a guy like that actually. He used to be my boss, ended up becoming my employee, and this guy was the most litigious person in the world. Now I can't even say his name because it's like Beetlejuice. You say his name three times, he shows up. Now this guy is the worst person, like literally one of the worst people on earth. And he's a very dangerous person. And anyway, this guy was the most litigious person in the world. Everybody he sued. If you looked at him the wrong way, he sued you. If he did this, sued you. Right or wrong, sued you. Worst person everybody had a law every company ever worked at Lawsuit every company bunch of his customers lawsuits. It was unbelievable. How many lawsuits this guy had? Anyway, I made the mistake of actually Hiring this guy He used to be my boss and then you know, I went my own way I became a lot more successful than he ever was and one day He uh, connected to me and then he uh, wanted to become friends again and he talked to uh my brother, he says, listen, maybe we could work together. It sold us a dream of how he could help us build the firm, and I really wanted to go in a different direction, so I needed somebody. I needed somebody to run the division, the, the, the company. And uh, I bought into it. I said, okay, you know what? I'll give you a job. I'll give you this, whatever you want. Whatever you want, I gave it. You know, I was generous. I did. Okay, no problem. Within a a week, my whole office is like upside down because of all the havoc this guy's going. But I say, you know what, let him go. Let him do whatever he's got to do. He knows what he's doing. All right, he gets his paycheck. He gets his this. He gets his that. He's building. Okay, you know, sometimes when there's change, you know, there's a little bit of turmoil in the beginning. But I start seeing the employees are complaining. There's different difficulties we never had before. So already within the first few weeks, my wife already comes to me and says, this is a mistake. Mistake. Mistake okay, but how do we get out of this mistake? We have a contract With this Amalek in my office. I have a contract with this guy. So whatever he'll bury himself One day so we continue doing what we're doing within a matter of maybe a month and a half two months. He started burying himself as he always does and uh, Gets into an argument with me you know does uh, a few things out of line and uh, We catch him stealing you catch him stealing, so it's oh, okay. You stole this, okay. Violated the contract on this, 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 and this. That's it, fired that night. He got his lawyer to send that night. It was like my prepared already. That night, he already had his lawyer send me like a 20 page letter with 50 accusations of some crazy stuff. That he just made up of different things he wants to sue me for, $50 million. Or $250,000 cash right now. One of them, I'll never forget this. He said, he because he, he was not Jewish, and uh, he was an Italian guy. And I like Italian people, but this guy, even the Italian people don't like. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he said that... Uh, He felt persecuted every time the uh, rabbi, the Chabad guys used to come to my office like three times a week. He felt persecuted that when the uh, religious uh, Jews would come to the office because he wasn't Jewish uh, and they would whip, we would whip him. We would whip him because he's not Jewish. The craziest stuff in the world. Then he said that like the secretary touched him. This guy is like Mamasha Giant. And his little secretary says she touched him in a in a provocative way. Like all types of crazy stuff. And the lawyer doesn't care about anything. Why? Because he's a like, Rashad just like him. In the end he got zero. I told him to go fly a kite. And uh, you know, go play this game with somebody else. But uh, not fifty million, not two hundred thousand, not zero. He actually owed this money till this day. But The point is, is that some people are just like that. Some people, they're always the victim. They want to sue everybody. Everyone's wrong. Listen, one time, two times, three times, everybody's wrong. Okay, maybe. But if you're in a lawsuit on a regular basis, check yourself. Check yourself. It can't be everybody. Now, I know I'm kind of contradicting some, or it sound like I'm contradicting some of the things I said myself. I said, I've never met a single honest person. I I didn't sue all of them. I just—they're not honest. I moved on with my life. Already at this point, I don't even waste my time. I don't waste my time suing people and fi- even arguing with them. I see somebody actually just uh, two weeks ago. Somebody made an agreement with me. Said he's gonna uh, uh, do something, and uh, I told "Okay, it's time to do what you said you're gonna do." Two years ago, oh, I don't remember saying that. Uh, you sure I said that? I so, said, "Listen, I remember stuff from three years old. I remember what you said." Remember what you said. Yeah, no, I remember that I said All of a sudden, he remembers. I remember that I said it, but I don't think I meant it that way. I said, There's no other way to mean it. But don't worry. You don't want to do it. Do whatever you want. If you don't want to do it, don't worry about it. Hashem send me the money. Hashem will send the money. You don't want to do it. You owe me the money. You don't want to take You don't want to do it. No problem. Go. No, no, you don't understand. No, 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 I understand perfectly fine. If you want to give me the money you owe me, give. You don't want to give. Why? Kadosh Bakhu will take care of it. Well, Mama we go fight with you, go to Bedin. Where's time for that? Where's time for that? Where's time to go fight? Kaddosh, if I'm entitled to the money, Kadosh Hu will send it right to my door. If I'm not, I could fight until I'm blue in the face. And i am not getting money. I got a guy that owes me a half a million dollars right now. You know how much a half a million dollars is more than what I have? A half a million dollars. I lent them half a million dollars years ago. Supposed to give it back in ninety days. It's been thirteen years, fourteen years. I never sued them. I won't sue them. I don't even call the guy. Why? Because if I'm entitled to the money, Akadosh Baruch Hu will send it to my door without asking, without nothing. You know why I didn't get it? I don't deserve it. Why? I don't know. I do good things with my money. I give money. I, I give twenty. I everything good. But Kadosh B'chuu decided I don't deserve it, maybe I don't need it, whatever it is. Kadosh B'chuu had a decision. If you need it, you want it. There's a, He's gonna take care of everything. That's how it works. That's how it works. What about the Bedin? Bedin is also good. Use it when you need to use it. Use it when you need to use it. But if you're able to have Emunah to the extent where you know that. Everything that's yours will be given to you. You'll never be shortchanged. He could steal from you, but Hashem can give you the money in a different way. If you understand that Hashem runs the world, you don't even have to use bedins. Rabad says that bed is for, for people that have no Yat Shamay, but that's a different story. That's for in his level. So if somebody steals from you, you try to get the money back from them. If they don't want to give you the money back, you go to the bed to uh, you know, uh, tell them. Listen, if you don't uh, take you to the beddin, if they don't want to go to the bedin, you get a permission from the Dean to go to civil court. You're allowed to use that. There's no no problem with you doing that. There's not a problem. But if you've gotten yourself at a point where you believe that you are uh, you have the emunah that you know that nothing's going to be shortchanged and you're going to get everything that uh, you're entitled to, you don't have to use the bedin. But that's as long as you're not suffering, though. Meaning. If you're not gonna go to the bed, you can't like, you know, eat your heart out every day. Oh, I can't believe you did it to me When am I gonna get the money back? No, if that's your attitude go to the bed, go to the bed If it doesn't bother you at all doesn't bother you at all You know she's gonna give it to you. You're patient Don't bother don't waste your time go learn to all with that time go learn talk with that time That's that's a, again everybody different level, and I'm not telling you that I was always this way I'm not telling you that uh, I got this uh, overnight or it's not, it's, uh, it's so easy. But the point is, is that you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have good things, you're going to have bad things. But if you do good things with your money, I promise you that Kadosh Baruch will do good for you. And I'm going to finish it tonight with a real-life story. Real-life story. You know where I got the story? An hour before the lecture. I always tell you guys, you guys want miracles? Come to the lecture. A wonderful woman who is going to be writing this story on our website as part of the Chuva stories, she says, Rabbi, I have to tell you something. Something happened twice. You know, when something happens once, something happens once, you know, oh, you know, it's an incident, coincident, this not, happened twice. One time a guy donated, I was teaching and whatever, he says, Donate five hundred dollars which was not a lot of money for him, but a lot of money for his stinginess. An hour later, he tells me, wow, you're never gonna believe it. Say what? Said, I donated $500. By the way, it took him three years to donate this $500. I donated $500, you're never gonna believe it. Just so some woman out of nowhere called me, says, listen, uh, I want you to do this uh, job for me, pick up stuff in my house, I'll pay you 500 bucks. Hashem paid me right away what I donated. Said, ah, oh, Hashem, Hashem. what a miracle, what a miracle. In reality, I'm a vin yavin. So anyway, this wonderful woman, she says, Rabbi, I have to tell you something. I have proof that I said, I know I have proof. I have proof also in the Torah. Said, no, no, no. I have proof in the Torah a life, a real life. So what happened? She said, a month ago, I donated money to Be'ezot Hashem, the organization, and that night, that night, I donated, an hour later, I went in the car with my young daughter, we're going somewhere, somebody blew the stop sign, smashed into our car. A tala came, they looked at us, says, I, we have no idea how you're alive, without a scratch on, without a scratch on. My well, an hour after I donated the money, somebody blew a stop sign, but nothing happened to us. Bauch She says, last night, that was a month ago, last night, I got this uh, natural uh, thing for uh, that uh, she started to take, trying it out. She didn't know she's allergic to it. She took a bite of this thing, and she started feeling her throat close up, a chemishmo viail. Within a matter of minutes, she started to have a hard time breathing. Atsala. Come, this that A tell came everything, said lady, you're allergic to this thing. They give a shot. What am I? Seconds? Save the life. Everything is Ba She's everything good. When was that? An hour after she died. She said, Rabbi, I was supposed to die twice. I was supposed to die twice. If I gave stuck at the Bizar to sham Hashem saved my life. Says Rabbi, please do me a favor, spread the story. Tell people that it's a hundred percent true, you donate to Bezrat Hashem, you donate for Torah, you donate for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's going to save your life. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe this, but everything at some point, everything you do will have an outcome. Your prayers will have an outcome. Your tzedakah will have an outcome. It may be an hour from now, it may be a year from now, maybe 10 years, maybe in your kid's lifetime, who knows? But for sure you're going to get paid for it, for sure make sure that all of those investments that you're doing and you're making are good ones the investments you make with your mouth the investments that you make with your pocket make sure that they're good so the payment that you're going to eventually get or that your descendants and kids are going to get is a good payment why because that's the type of payment that hashem loves the most he wants to give you a good payment he wants to save your life but he also wants you to see that technically it could have been something else it could have been something else so baruch Hashem the people are doing the right thing and They're helping Am Yisrael do tshuva day after day by supporting Bezad HaShem may they continue supporting Bezad HaShem Maybe we'll be able to open the yeshiva the kollel, this huge community that we're in going to build in uh, South Florida for all of those that want to donate a million and up you could text me 917468 23,24. No phone calls. please have some mercy on me. I have hundreds of messages to, to deal with. Uh, but Behmet, on a serious note, it's when you donate to Bezrat Hashem, you're donating for yourself. You're donating for your investment for Lamba. the second house, the first house, all the extra kitchen, all that other stuff, that's just this world. We all have to donate for Lamba. So anyone that can, should, and even if you can't, try to get other people that can. Everyone can do something you have a few friends you have a few family members that you can get together Try to get people to uh, do as much as possible because right now we're hot. We're doing good People are uh, you know people need this people want this and that's what we got to take advantage we gotta take advantage of the opportunity that we have because of if we do uh, Enough work in a relatively short period of time. We may even be able to start something already in the next school year But if we delay so much and people pretty much you know, Crawl, you know, sending twenty dollars a month for 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 the sake of his its it's it's going to happen long time. So, we want everyone to be involved. Why? Because we don't want to give the the merit to just one person. Just like we learned from the Chafetz Chaim, one wall, one wall. Why? But I want to donate a million dollars. Okay, so the million dollars will be for one wall. We still want the million dollars. It's not like less money. Same money. Just one wall. Why? Because we want all of Klal Yisrael to be involved. There's a lot to do, Rabutai. There's a lot of shurim, a lot of movies, a lot of books, puzzles, all types of ideas, cartoons, we got lots of stuff in the works. We need an enormous amount of funding. Uh, Rabbi five says to me, he says, listen, honestly, I think even if, even if people don't donate a hundred million dollars, it still wouldn't be enough. I said, for your ideas alone, it wouldn't be enough. He has a new idea by, by the second, God bless him. So, uh, Rabotai is a lot of good things to do, but we need as many partners as possible. It's The investment is for you. The investment is for you. Bezat we all set ourselves up for good, for a Kadosh Baruchu to be in a position that he wants to be in, which is to give us good. And Bezatashem, we do good for others, be a light to our own nation, be a light to the nations, and bring Nacha to Borayd Barach. Amen, ואמן.